This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everybody, and welcome to... Uh, well, look, football is back, so uh, the Blood Red podcast had to come back, particularly Ale La Rouge and Poetry in Motion. So we're, we're going to kick off... Um, Starting up these podcasts again with uh, one of our um, much-celebrated sound of co-productions, uh, Poetry and Rouge, we'll call it. I think Alley in Motion sounds like something you do in a toilet in France. So we... <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, I will bring in the guests that are on us on this wonderful, wonderful cutting-edge technology uh, that is WhatsApp. Um, Peter Hooten is there, um, of course, lead singer with The Farm, um, Liverpool fan, bit of a Liverpool legend. How are you, Peter? I'm okay, yeah. Thanks for the introduction. Wouldn't are you going to a legend? I know you're a legend, Peter. You know quite well you are. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you, Pete, for joining us. John Coleman is here as well, Ackerton standing manager. Hiya, John. You okay? Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, yeah. yeah. Good Enjoy, Enjoying the time off. Enjoying the time, aren't we all? Well, we're getting a bit stir crazy, but it's nice to have a bit of time off, isn't it? Uh, Joe Blot is, Blot is here as well from uh, Spirit of Shankly. Hiya, Joe. Hi, good to speak as well. Hiya, how are you doing? Hello, lads. Good to speak to you all. Well, let's kick things off then, shall we? It's been a long-awaited return to uh, Premiership action. Top-flight football, apparently, they call it. Um, it has been a bit flat. The derby, obviously, was the first thing. Liverpool needing six points to clean up the league and, and win it for the first time in 30 years. Uh, I think we should have known things were going wrong when they had to. When we saw the photo, when we saw the pictures of the team coming out of a porter cabin in the car park. Um, <laughs> And then what sounds like the longest trombone note I've ever heard in my life before the game kicked off. Um, it was a very, very strange uh, non-game of football, lads. Were we expecting anything different or was it surprising just how flat that derby was? We'll kick off with you, Pete. Uh, it was all very surreal, wasn't it? I mean, I think it was, uh, you know, I think when when uh, when people never even turned up outside the grounds, I think, I think you got the idea. That was from the Merseyside Police tweet. That no one had actually turned up, which was great for uh, yeah. the image of Liverpool and Everton fans. But you know, it just shows you that it was it, generally it was a flat, flat thing, wasn't it? You know, and I think obviously we all wanted it to be uh, to get started again because everyone was bored of watching the uh, box sets of various series. But <laughs> I think it was just the way it was, just the way it was. I think it was, you know, it was all pretty flat. Yeah. So I mean, it was, it was. You know, when you see them coming off the court again, I just couldn't stop laughing. You know, it was one of the situations where you go, what's going to happen here? But I thought with no crowd, I thought it would be a different type of derby. But it was yeah. exactly the same film I've seen before, you know. Yeah, it was very, it, it, it was very set out to, um, to, to frustrate, isn't it? And I think you could say that because no fans turned up, to Goodison, hardly any of the players turned up either. Uh, John, from a, man, from a managerial point of view... Um, does this surprise you? Is it something that you you would expect being in the football business yourself? That with no fans and with that time off, that amount of layoff, things were always going to be a bit damp. Because let's face it, not really. I suppose City's five 0 thumping last night at Burnley aside, there haven't really. No one's really pulled up any trees since they've come back. These couple of games have they? No, no. The games haven't been good to watch. You know, but Liverpool just slipped into the mode that they were in before they they packed up. To be honest. You know, I think they got to a stage in the league where they, they knew it was almost done. Mm. And the best teams in the world take the foot off the gas when they're that far clear. Yeah. Um, and it was just, you know, I don't think the crowd had much difference, but to be honest, the lack, or the lack of crowd. Um, yeah. You know, it, I, I, I recreated the atmosphere brilliantly. I just put a pole in front of the telly. And I pretended, <laughs> I pretended I was at Goodison. You know, just 
just kept on moving my head. So, <laughs> so you know, I, I got a, I got a quite a good obstructed view. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, I, I just think, you know, especially, you know, Ancelotti's going to set out like that. He's done that against Liverpool, you know, before before that that game, that's for sure. And I think, you know, most teams have learned that you just got to sit in at Liverpool and hope that the, the player players aren't on, on fire and with no salad, that could be the case. And then sign counter. I couldn't understand Jamie Carragher, you know, I love Jamie. But I couldn't understand him saying Everton deserved to win. You know, they came out of the half about three or four times. Um, you know, Alisson was in danger of putting weight on in the second half and the first <laughs> half. Um, and, you know, they had, they had a couple of shots towards the end, but I thought I thought Everton were absolutely abysmal. Um, it was anti-football. I think, you know, I think if Jürgen had a chance again, he, probably Fabinho was wasted. His role was wasted because he didn't need him. You know, yeah. um, mm. we didn't need an anchor in midfield because... They weren't interested in coming out their own half. No. Um, and you can argue that they defended well and, and fair play to that. Seamus Coleman and taking a play as well. But, you know, Liverpool have they've just got to add a little bit more flair and a bit more confidence about themselves, which I'm surprised because they're so far clear that they're not. But, mm. you know, hopefully we'll get that right on Wednesday. Do you think it was an unbalanced setup as well, Joe? Because obviously without Sally, you've got Mane there. I agree totally with John. I mean, it was a total domination as far as I was concerned. They, they, they just sat back, parked the bus. And it was about trying to break down that last third, which which Liverpool, you know, on occasions have struggled to do in the season anyway. It's that, it's that balance, isn't it, of not having necessarily your, your Coutinho or Flair player that can whip on him from outside the box. Sometimes there is a frustration and, uh, uh, and very much so in the derby. We just couldn't get it over that last third. The, 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 Manny was, was starved, really, wasn't he? It was, yeah. I mean, really good points there. I mean, I think um, Ancelotti clearly got his tactics absolutely spot on. That he just he just stifled play, didn't he? Um, I, I think the hard part is that that was like a pattern for the last four or five games, anyway. Sort of, um, I think a couple of teams had to go with us. West Ham tried to win because they were desperate, weren't they? Um, and then when when teams went down a bit, they, they started to pick up. But this this frustrating. Liverpool, just because you don't want to lose to them, um, it's something we've, we've got to live with and, and try and get around it. Um, you know, you go back to when United were rolling teams over when they were winning, winning the league. Teams still try to play football against them. Uh, it doesn't feel that way now. It feels like people just don't want to. They, they just don't want to lose. Mm. And, and that's what happened on 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 Sunday. I felt it, it was just completely flat. I, I agree with what John said. I, I thought I thought Everton. From a footballing point of view, but but was shocking really. Um, it was just, I'm, I'm pretty sure either you know I, I could have played um, either centre half for Liverpool or centre forward for Everton because it, it, apart from, apart from movement a little bit here and there, you know there was no touches. Um, it, it was just all played in the Ever- Everton's half. And, how's and that, he, how's that he, hip replacement going, Joe? Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not very well. <laughs> That's why he didn't select me. Um, but but it it just felt as though that it was going to, it was going to take a, a pinball goal to score to to put one in or you know yeah as John said there was they had a shot or two towards the end Everton but they, they, that, apart from that it was just complete and utter stalemate and symptomatic of all the other games but yeah let's hope let's hope we uh, we pick it up tomorrow night against Palace yeah it's, I mean, it, 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 
I think the plans were scuppered towards the end, weren't they? Because I think Salah was going to make an impression, or was yeah. certainly going to make an appearance until the yeah. uh, the injury to Massive that 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 caused uh, a rethink. But um, you'd like to think that he's going to be back because Palace. I mean, I watched Palace the other day, and um, they look they look decent. They look like they're knocking the ball yeah. around quite well. Look like they've hit the ground running a little bit. It won't be it won't be oh. a, a, an easy fixture, but we need that balance back, don't we, Pete? Yeah. There's no foregone conclusion against Palace, I don't think. I think, you know, everyone expecting uh, a home win. But, you know, it's, I think, I think we're, you know, even though it's been three months off, I think we're still struggling from that uh, Atletico Madrid um, away match, you know, when Simeone um, parked the bus basically at home and decided, you know, come on, break us down. And a few people have said to me since Sunday, do you think people are sussing crop out, you know, the way Liverpool play? And I, I say, no, don't be ridiculous, you know. But, you know, maybe that's in, in Liverpool. You know, we were on fire, weren't we, till we played them away. And uh, uh, I think maybe it's the mentality thing. Maybe there's a bit of doubt there that they're not, at the, you know, an invincible team anymore. But we've just got to, on, hopefully on Wednesday, you know, it's just going to be all guns blazing and we can, you know, we can start scoring goals again. You mentioned he joked about hip replacements before. Is that? Can I just ask you, lads? Is that what Shakiri's had? Because how injured is that kid? I mean, he, <laughs> he, he doesn't he doesn't feature. He hasn't featured. He doesn't look like he's going to feature. Yeah. Someone needs to come out and just say, look, he's not playing for us anymore. Because Pop comes out, doesn't he, and sort of says, you know, um, Shaq can't train. Mm. Uh, Robbo couldn't train. But what's wrong with Shaq? I, I yeah. don't. Know, he's been. This is. He's been out for most of the season, uh, and one of the reason why I'm saying that, John, is is that um, there are times I think when we miss that little bit of a, a of an unlocker uh, of defenses, especially when they're all getting behind the ball and parking buses. And he's the player that can do that. And yeah, for for one reason or another, I guess it's injury, but he he can't do it. And 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 we seem to suffer with set pieces and for unlocking them defenses. Do you, do you not think, John? Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, we all loved Coutinho when we had Coutinho. And, and we, to, to a certain extent, we haven't replaced him. We've changed the way we've played. Yeah. So we've yes. been more dynamic up front. We've been, you know, running all over teams up front, pressing them very high up, taking the ball off them and, and being able to counter them in their own half. And now, you know, it's a, it's a big difference when you've got to try and counter teams by taking the ball off them. You've, you've more or less got to give them the ball and say, well, you, you bring it up to our to the edge of our box and then we'll take it off you and you know Everton the other day weren't interested in that they were just booting the ball through to Allison and saying come on you start again yeah, and it was yeah. like it was like a return especially to be honest it was like a, a phase of play attack versus defence um, I'd like to see us sign a, you know, a, a top midfielder you know you look at you know we have got a, an unbelievable strike force um, but you you know you look at City with Mares and and um, you know the Silvers and De Bruyne, and they've got creativity coming out their ears, and you know we're more probably functional there. The thing I think about Liverpool compared to City, I mean, you know, you scratch your head when you see City the last two games. Are we so far ahead of them? Yeah. And I, th- yeah. And I think that the, the key is that Liverpool are, are a better team than City. I think we're a, we've got a better team ethic, and I think we're mentally stronger than City. I don't think City can deal with disappointments. Um, and I don't think they need the reward. So if they're playing well, they need a goal. Whereas how many times this year has Liverpool scored in the last minute or the last five minutes and plodded on through games that you never thought they were going to win and up the pop with something magical at the end. And I think I think the reason why Liverpool are going to win the league this year is down to not not necessarily down to being better players, 
But just, I think the manager and the team are mentally stronger than, than what any other team is in the league, including City. And, mm. you know, as fans, we want a bit more than that now. We've been spoiled. You know, we've seen some breathtaking displays in the last two years. You know, I, I still say that. I still maintain that I thought we were better last year than this year. Mm. Um, but, yeah. you know, mm. as, an, as a spectacle point of view, an excitement point of view. But, you know, I think we'll get it right. And, you know, I think... I think we will get we will make more signings and make us stronger. But you know, as fans, we want creative signings. Mm-hmm. I think we really missed um, Robertson, didn't we? On you know, but Robertson, you know, in the derby, there was no, you know, there's nothing going down the left there, was there? You know, and well, I think that I, was a massive. He's back to he's back to Wednesday, I think. Well, it, that was that was a blow as well, but. I don't know. I think, I think the lack of Robertson just affected sense because that's the worst sense he's ever played going forward. It was a, it was a very since, poor, very yeah. poor performance. Ever, yeah. but, it, but it was like after five minutes, I said to me, brother, I was watching him, brother. Mm. You know, as a pop down the broom to look through the there. I'm so I think and, there's, a, there's a frustration, sorry, John, for a second. There's a frustration from Sanford Trent because we all know, we all know how, how special that kid is as a player and how good he's, he, he is already at that age. I sometimes feel, like you've just said, the first five minutes, you tend to know whether he's going to have a stinker or not because he sort of starts these 50 yards on a, on a sixpence balls. Um, yeah. And you think, hang on, mate, work your way into that. And I feel sometimes, obviously, it's a confidence game, and he suffers. You know, he, he's got a lot of confidence, but it was a poor. It was a poor. I'd also put uh, uh, Firmino in that as well. It was a very start yeah. of the season kind of performance by a few of the players, wasn't it? Well, with with, yeah. with, uh, with sense, you know, early on, he didn't seem to want to join in and get as far forward as as he normally does. And then in the second half, he he tended to get too high up. Mm. And, you know, the, the, the big key is for Liverpool and, and what's made Liverpool so special this year, what's made our forwards is our fullbacks because, our two, you know, let's get a say, we play with two defenders. We play yeah. with, with Van Dijk yeah. and Aino there. And then our two fullbacks yeah. play as two wingers. Our two, our two wide high forwards play inside. So we play with a narrow three that can rotate and, and move anywhere across that front line. And they're so difficult to pick up. Now, you, you take one of them out with Robbo, who's, who's bombing on forward. And Sensu didn't, who seemed reluctant to do it in the first half. And all of a sudden, your whole pattern of play goes out the window. I don't think Minamino was a high forward. I think he'd have been better off playing in a more central role because we didn't need a, a defensive midfielder. But, you know, I think once we get the two fullbacks flying, you know, the, it, that brings out the best of our front three. Yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a definite. There's a definite mindset with with um, Minamino that we don't really know where he plays best yet, do we? We're not really. He's sort of he's skipping around trying to find something to to stamp his name on the game, and it just isn't quite. He seems quite light on the well, ball was, still, doesn't he? It was it was interesting that you know out of every player on the pitch, he covered the most ground in the first half. Yeah. So you know he did the most running, he did the most yeah. or the most work, and sometimes he was productive. I thought he linked up a couple of times well with Cater, but. You know, I just think he looked a little bit lost out there and he, mm. he wasn't really getting encouraged to go inside because Trent wasn't overlapping. Well, I think I think you, at that point you just made there is interesting as well, guys, that, that John was saying about the fact that when the two fullbacks aren't doing what they're doing, when, then it becomes... I think they were getting used too much uh, in the derby and, and at, at, the, at the expense of the midfield when they weren't really being productive anyway. So balls automatically seem to go out wide now, don't they? Because we're expecting Robbo. I'm mean, expecting Trent to run on him. And because they weren't, it's just imbalanced. It seemed to me there was a bit of a redundant midfield at times. Yeah, I, I was going to say something along those lines because it, it, it felt as though Cater um, 
did that part of that key to unlock Everton's defence. Um, but we didn't use him often enough. Mm. And and he kept getting to a certain point where he had to he then had to come out. He, he had to come out. Um so he's taking the ball almost to the edge of the eighteen yard box and then coming back out again. Um, and then slipping it wide to as you say, either Milner for a bit in the first half or or, or to Robertson, uh, sorry, or to uh, Trent all the way through. And it, it it just felt as though it was it was a pattern of play where you ended up just watching the same the same move every single time. Yeah. It seemed easy to read. Yeah, yeah. Someone's someone working in the call centre there. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, that's that's a house phone. I've still got the old fashioned house phone. Ah, uh, the old the old house phones. That's why you build it so I can use house phones. <laughs> is, it a, is it a party line? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, looking looking ahead to the to the Palace game, it's looking like um, uh, Andy Robinson trains completely normal, yeah. uh, and also uh, so Salah. 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 So you're looking mm. at obviously, obviously, we're, we're fingers crossed, looking at uh, a more. Uh, a more uh, a little sad that we're used to seeing, you know what I mean? A little lineup that we're used to seeing. Matip is injured, obviously, so I think it's going to be Gomez in the centre with Van Dijk. But hopefully, a, a little bit more of a balanced game against Palace. Yeah, I hope so. You know, and I think, um, I mean, I think obviously on Sunday it was obvious when uh, Lovren. I mean, the, you know, when I say the uh, people, you know, on on social media, they're not big fans of Lovren, are they? <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think I think for me it's Van Dijk Gomez. It's got to be, hasn't it? And then with the full backs, yeah, hopefully we'll, uh, you know, we've got that solidity back, really. You know, yeah. There's a there's a there's a kamikaze element to to to, to love and I think that upsets people, isn't it? I think he can he can be, you know, he can have games where he's solid, and then he can have games where he's he's just reckless at times. I mean, there was a moment there. I think it was. Um, Richardson got the wrong side of him, and he's just he's floundering. He looked like Bambi on ice and. You know, only that Richardson is much more comfortable rolling on the floor holding his shin. He might have done something <laughs> with it, but uh, I'd say the other thing that made me laugh, lads, is that whoever was in charge of the post uh, of the game atmosphere um, soundboard, every time there was a challenge, they were pressing the boo button. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, did you notice the boo yeah. button was getting some happening, wasn't it? I'd like I, to I, know. I, thought that, I thought that's the only sound that they needed to use. <laughs> it's the only one that you hear, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I'd like to know who actually does these sound things because they Incredible. seem very low, don't they? When they, when uh, Tottenham played the other night and they you know they belt out, don't they? Uh, when the Spurs go marching in, it's dead loud, but you could hardly hear it. It's like turning up, but you know if you're going to be trying to be realistic, you know I couldn't hear Liverpool at all on Sunday. Well, listen, I, I, I think that's a boss job, though, isn't it? I'd love to have that job, <laughs> pressing about nine sure. buttons. Well, I tell you what, the Arsenal were playing the other night, and it's the longest I've ever heard them not being booed. <laughs> do you think actually interesting on this now? Do you? I'm, I don't know whether I've just noticed this or whether I've got this wrong, but for me it seems that the referees, because they're not being as influenced by home or away fans, they seem to be letting mm. letting a lot go. It seems to be a little letting things flow a little bit more. Do you think there's a, well, he, an argument he, he, to say that he couldn't make his mind up on um, on uh, on Sunday? No, how we wanted to referee the game because he started off. He didn't five. even have a shave, did he? The cheeky uh, guess. And, and then <laughs> the, the inconsistency in him was, was frightening. I mean, he books he books Origi for a foul on the edge of the box, a professional foul. When the lad's got ninety yards to run yeah. to yeah. our goal, all right, you can say it's a cynical foul, and he's it's taken one for the team. He's brought him down fine, but then the same thing happens by Calvert Lewin when he brings Oxley Chamberlain down on the edge of their box when he's yeah. got to shoot. 
Yeah. And he doesn't book him. No, that's right. And, uh, you know, that's flabbergasted. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think he had a good game, did I, for I thought I thought he was probably finding his feet and, you know, he was he, he was wanting to blow a whistle when he, I think he could have let play go on. And then when he could have let play go on, he, he stopped it. That's what we should have on the soundboards then, a whistle. So whoever's, yeah. whoever's doing yeah. that can blow the whistle instead. Yeah. It is the good thing about influence. sorry, Pete, go on. Yeah, on Wednesday, uh, more realistic than uh, what was happening on Sunday because they were just all advertising hoardings, weren't they? I think or advertising flags, you know. So there will be an element of uh, you know um, something about Liverpool's flags and Liverpool's culture, which will be good. I think it just it just depends, and I want to know who's doing those buttons. On the crowd George. noises, got to be George, hasn't it? It's got to be George Sefton, hasn't it? Yeah, he can't, do, he, he can't do the clock on his video, so he'll struggle. <laughs> <laughs> I, do, I tell you, it does worry me though. I know it's, I know we're a long way ahead, but I'm driving past these pop up shops with all the banners and that, and it's got the Liverpool 19, you know, 2019 2020 yeah. champions. And some of I just want to pull over sometimes and go, Will you just leave them for a bit? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyone, anyone who accuses anyone, whenever I read on social media or in the press, anyone who accuses Liverpool fans of being uh, somehow uh, big headed about situation and, and arrogant about it, they don't mm. know the lads I know because every one of us I know quite well, we're not counting any chickens, even no, now. No. We're not, you know, City have just pulled five points back in two games, we're not counting any chickens. Yeah, we like yeah. to, we like to, we, we, you know, it's about. Obviously, it's about knuckling down and getting game after game, isn't it? We've got Palace, of course. Then we face City away. Yeah, yeah. So, you, yeah. are you adv- advising me to take the uh, my cardboard <laughs> cut out of clock out the front window? <laughs> no, none of that. None of that. That's brilliant. <laughs> All I'm saying is the the champions one. Just let's yeah, yeah, get yeah. there. Listen, first. listen. We'll do it with five draws. What's to do with you? Yeah, I know. But I, just, I know <laughs> that. Five draws will be enough. Simple. Yeah. That'd be oh, quite no, funny, that, actually. Quite that's, more, that's, more, that's more draws well, than I've got in my cupboard here in, in my bedroom. Two, two, two more draws, and you only need another draw. So, you know, the, I actually think the City game should be the best game that's going to be on TV mm. now this lockdown's on because event, finally we're going to have a team who's going to attack us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So, you know, if we, have our, if we have our top team playing, yeah. Um, well, then let's get it on. Yeah, you know, and I think you might see a better Liverpool when we play City. I still think I agree with Peter. I think Wednesday's game will be difficult. Um, yeah. You know, historically, we always struggle to get going against Palace for some reason. Um, yeah. But once we do, we're all right. So we had that, that odds one last season. It was four three, wasn't it? When it was, it was that last. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was wasn't yeah. it when we were, we yeah. were well, absolutely the... strolling it, and then it it just yeah. sort of started falling apart. I've got the stats here. The stats are Liverpool have won the last five Premier League matches against Palace uh, since losing 2-1 at Anfield in April 2017. Yeah. Mm. So... They're the last team to beat us at Anfield, aren't they, in the, in the Prem? Yeah, yeah. So, so, five, you know, five victories. But I do think it will be because it's so unusual and because both teams are really, you know, haven't played. It, will, it won't be a normal game against Palace. I don't think it'll be... Anything can happen, I think, you know. I don't think any of them have been normal so far, have they? They've all, there's, no. there's definitely, I think, i tell you what, for one thing, it, it cements how important fans are, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. Definitely, I mean, yeah. yeah. D- definitely, you know, I think, you know, all the Spirit of Shankly campaign, you know, football without fans, it's, it's, it's been proven, isn't it? You know, I think any, any way you do it. Um, I mean, and, and the significant thing about uh, Sunday was it was the Premier League's highest viewing figures ever. Yeah, because that's it's extraordinary, yeah. To, 
you know, 5.5 million was the peak. 5 million must be thinking, is this what it's all about? <laughs> Yeah, you know, four million therapy after it, you know. Four million were thinking, where'd you get them porter cabins from? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd never seen that was extraordinary, wasn't it? Yeah, well, we got to, I mean, it's just bigger and better than moving on. I think there is an anxiety, of course, that comes with the fact that we're nearly there, but not quite. And, and I think it's if you look at City, you look at the next couple of games we've got, we've got coming up. I mean, we've got obviously we've got Palace. Uh, we've got then got it, we've then got it. I think we've got over a week off then, we've got about eight days off, haven't we, before yeah. we, we face City, and then it's you know, it's Villa and Brighton and Burnley. So you've yeah. got to imagine a league popping up at some point there, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully when the pubs are open. Yeah, well, this is it. <laughs> this is it. It's, it's, it's all part of the master plan, isn't it? I think it is by clock. Yeah, he, he knows we like to drink. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, think the, I think the Villa game has always been a target, hasn't it? That, um, what, once the lockdown started, you know, and, and we, we, we knew that if it, if it did come back, it would be. Uh, stop start. I mean, that's what we had on Sunday. It, it was it was an awful game, but it was also, I, I think, to be fair to the players, they were feeling their way back in. I, th- I think they'll have a bit of that again tomorrow night. Although I think Palace will be a lot stronger than Everton, so they've got to watch themselves. Um, big game against City, that can go either way. But then you wrap it up at Villa, you know, and I think that, that seems to be sensible. And, and yeah. you know, yeah. Peter's right, football without fans is nothing, but, you know, there's nothing better than winning the league on your home ground, is there? You know, I, I don't want that scenario. Well, I, I, I kind of do, but I kind of don't. But if, if we win tomorrow and then Chelsea, you know, to, to uh, City over on Thursday, and I'm sitting in my house thinking, I've just watched City versus Chelsea and we've won the league. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel as right. You know, I, no, I, no, I, no. I'd, I'd rather it was a game that we were involved in that won the league for us. It'd be good to win it at the Etihad, wouldn't it? That would be yeah. That that'd be you great know. if we could do that. But but I'd be I'd be equally happy personally to win it at Anfield. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Because of the situation now, obviously it's not going to be a packed Anfield. So it's not a case really where you go, oh, I want it at Anfield because it's it's not going to feel the same anyway in that respect. But it's um, either way, just get the job done, isn't it? Have they confirmed that the, that we're going to play at City's ground? No. No, so um, we, we've been trying to get involved in um, with, the, with with Man City uh, and their supporters group to get us on the um, safety advisory group, and and the, and the, the letter we got back or the, the email we got back said we, we will contact you again in five working days. Wow. Um, <laughs> Manchester so, City are out of the office at the moment. That was it. Yeah, that's literally what I was saying. Yeah. Um, but I presume what they're waiting for is to see how the results go before they even sit down and have a think yeah, about yeah. it. Um, so I suspect we, we, if we hear anything, it will, we, we won't hear anything until Friday after after they've uh, you know either done the business against Chelsea or not. Tactical. Has there been any follow up, Joe, since Sunday about um, people turning up or any report back? Yeah, um, li- literally today. Um, there's, we've, we've had a comms meeting this afternoon um, yeah. uh, with, with with all concerned, all the public bodies involved. Uh, absolute uh, fantastic uh, response. Uh, literally, the most they counted at any time was about twenty uh, people around, um, and mm. they were family. They were families, uh, you know, a couple of kids uh, with with mom and dad maybe. Um, that was it. No gatherings whatsoever. Yeah. Um, People really heeded the public health warnings that have gone out, and um, they, they, the police, the city council, um, obviously the clubs involved were, were absolutely delighted with the, the fans' response. Um, 
looking for the same again against Palace tomorrow. Um, you know, because yeah. I, I think the reality is dawning on people that you know, whilst we've had um, the liftings from you know from the fourth of July, what we what we can't have is people assuming mm. the fourth of July is today. Um, because we're yeah. particularly, particularly in the northwest, we're, st- we're still the ones as the outliers. I think with Birmingham and, uh, and North London, is it in terms of the R racing? So uh, the message will be to to continue to uh, respect respect the lockdown and, and, and you know enjoy it from home, but actually just enjoy it. Um, but no, I, absolute applause from uh, from from all the authorities that uh, that, really? that Liverpool, Merseyside football fans uh, did the city proud again. Well, it's good, it's isn't good, it? Because it? it's good because you, there was an underlying of feeling where there were plenty of people out there go go on ten up your thousands, prove us right. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. they, they said there were plenty of media there, so they're only there for one one story, aren't they? Of course, they are. Mm. But I think the very fact that the television isn't doing anything from outside now is it? Um, you know, so people can't get behind the the comments. You know, the, the the reporters and that they're not doing any of that, and that's obviously deliberate, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Got, yeah. I thought there would have been a lot, quite a few kids on bikes, but none of that. No, you know? no, no. It was no. it was it was eerily quiet. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. No, and they, were, they, were, they were all in the raven, Kirby. Yeah. Were you the DJ, John? Pardon? Were you the DJ, John? No, 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 no. Can't Kirby. I was dying I was dying for Everton to move today you know I would have stopped being a Liverpool fan and become an Everton fan as long as he as long as he just changed the name to Kirby Town I was desperate for them to come you know (laughs) well look let's just move it off the league for a second and talk about one one of the main things that's been in the headlines was the on and off team awareness uh, Liverpool by and not by I've had lots of contrasting views on this, and uh, and the fact is, he was gonna go, he was gonna gonna go, and then he went somewhere else. And yeah, I I I, I got told recently by by someone who shall remain nameless that Liverpool, uh, the Liverpool, are only sanctioning buys now that are that are that have substantial sell-on uh, abilities, capabilities. Um, so Timo Werner doesn't. Go, I mean, relatively forty-nine mil or something. But I think I also heard somebody counter that by saying he wanted two hundred grand a week. Do you think there is a? And what John mentioned before, I wanted to pick up on this because he was talking about Liverpool as a team and and their ethic and the way they think as a team. Do you think part of the decision not to not to go with Timo Werner wasn't necessarily his price tag, but the personal wages that he wanted to come with it that would have upset a dressing room. I think there'd be plenty on that. Can't, I think there'd be plenty on that type of money now, um, but as it goes forward, I don't think I don't think most clubs will want to be uh, spending money. I think Chelsea may be the exception because you know they've had that transfer ban for a while, um, and you know they're they're like a kid in a sweet chair party, yeah, trying to get into the result. But um, you know, from from our point of view, I can see where you're coming from. Where they, they want to sign players, it's like buying a house that's already been done up in it. And you don't you don't think that you can get much more when you sell it on, but um, I'd just like us to make a big a couple of big signings. I'd like us to make a big sense of our sign. Do you think Coolabali, John? I mean, Coolabali, unbelievable. I've I've joked about this on, on, on previous podcasts, but and I mean this, you know, as much as you can possibly mean something like this. But if you got Coolabali alongside Virgil Van Dijk, you could put a roller shutter 
on the goal. Well, that's it. Well, that, because well, you put them, to, yeah. you put them two there, right? You can, you can just let your your two fullbacks do what they want. Well, it's an it, yeah. and, and is it, isn't it isn't it a statement of intent, John? Isn't that for me? It's a statement of intent from the club's owners saying we're going nowhere. This isn't a flash well, in the plan. We are here well, to stay. Well, I think Dan. I think if you got Kilo Ball and you got a top striker and and maybe just one midfielder or creative midfielder. I don't think anyone will get there for years. But then, no. on the flip side to that, you've got to keep hold of what you've got. So there's been yeah. lots of talk about money moving, lots of talk mm-hmm. about Salah moving. Um, and, you know, it always gets linked with... I think because we've gone with Nike, I think Mbappé's name's always going to come up. Mm-hmm. Because that because that would be a marketing coup for them. And they're, and they're not as if the strangers to marketing coups, are they? So, you know, from that point of view, I think... Well, he'd grace our team unbelievably well, but we're good going forward at the moment. But I just think we we showed signs of it against Watford where we can be careless. And I think having another, it's like having two big punches on the day. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think when uh, you know Liverpool were linked with uh, Timo win, obviously before coronavirus, if if that hadn't have happened, you never know. We might have ended up at Anfield, but. I think in that two or three weeks ago when the deal was getting sorted out, we're in the middle of the uh, lockdown, £15 million on the bench. Mm. You know, if I think if Klopp had really wanted him, I think he would have got him, wouldn't he? You know, but well, he must have something Did the argument come with the lack of the African Nations Cup going ahead that you won't need that much cover? I just think that, you know, our three strikers, you know, the three main ones, are very durable, aren't they? They've played yeah. some games over the last two years. And it's not to say that's going to continue. And I think every Liverpool fan fears when one or two of them are out. I know, I know, I know we managed to overturn Barcelona 4 now. But, you know, there's a fear that if we miss one or two of them, we do miss them. Uh, and that's why, yeah. you know, you'd like, you'd like cover, but you, not cover, you'd like competition. Yeah, because yeah. there's mm. there the opportunity to get stale, isn't it? I remember being in the Europa League final when we got turned over and I remember coming out thinking we need, I mean, the goalie thing is imperative um, and we needed we needed a, a, a left-back that was going to really make a difference. Yeah. Now, what we did on a centre-back, those signings we had to make, we made and they transformed the fortunes of, of the club. So this idea of like, well, we, we don't want to spend big again kind of negates that for me, does it not? You know what I mean? Get no. a cooler party, 90 million quid, get them. Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't see the money, do we? And, uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure all the big clubs who've bought players in the past have got onto big things, don't worry about how much they spend. You know, the reality is when, you know, we, we're young and old enough to remember when Liverpool were good, they always threatened. When they were yeah. good, they always brought in yeah. another top two or three players yeah. to top it up. Mainly one to pressing things up, more competition, and to grow and get better. And, you know, we are now, we're not getting away from it now, we are now regarded as the best team in the world, so the best team, the best players in the world, so just want to come to us. Now, we yeah. won't always be in that position, yeah. so while you're in that position, you've got to strike while the iron's hot, and you've got to get the best players yeah. in the world, yeah. so you can stay as the best team in the world for as long mm. as possible. Yeah, And it's, it's also meant to... Um, football's change. Football's change in what way, Peter? With coronavirus, John, don't you think for, you know the whole thing about football and spending massive amounts of money has changed. Yeah, it will. It will. But we haven't really seen it happen yet, have we? So you know, everyone's predicting. Oh, 
they're going to tighten the belts, they're not going to do this, they're not going to have this money. And as every sense yeah. it could, you know, as I said before, Chelsea's the only ones who spent up to now because they were desperate to spend because yeah. they hadn't made a sign up for you know for a while. Yeah. And I, and I think I think that the, the landscape of football might change, but the arguments of still strengthening when you're the best team in the world should yeah. still stand. And right. if you have to strengthen by spending less money, everybody else will be spending less money, so the value will be going down. Mm. You know, and if we're gonna say, well, let everybody else spend, we're gonna we're gonna pull the purse things in because we're scared. I think we'll quickly fall off that off yeah. our pants, really. Absolutely yeah, yeah. agree with that. Yeah. It is a mentality yeah. thing, and I think it's that thing of it's going out and getting players now that are just gonna, you know, part of this as well is it, it, teams are walking on the pitch with all the great championship sides and all the great winning sides, they get to a point where teams are halfway walking on the pitch, knowing they're gonna get beat. It's that mentality of thinking, look what we're up against. And with Liverpool, there's a lot of teams who who and I think probably why after park buses, because they're frightened. And I think that that incentive and that that thing to move on and go, let's get these big players and let's get them in and cement it, just makes it tougher for these teams to uh, to try and come up against us. Yeah, I think I think most teams who play against us now don't actually believe they're going to beat us. What they're, what they're, they're going to try and do is try and frustrate us for as long as they can and hope to pinch something. It's mm. a lot of times it's like it's playing, like playing against a lower league club in, or a non-league club in the FA Cup. You know, and yeah, and, and they're, look, they're looking for a giant killing, any which way, shape, or form. Now, you yeah. know, we've got to, we've got to get assemble players who can deal with one the pressure of having a lot of the ball, and and the pressure of having to create something on a regular basis, and embrace it and enjoy it. And I think at times when we do, we're breathtaking. You know, when we play one touch football and they're out of the box, and we showed little glimpses of it. You know, night to be fair, it wasn't all yeah. glimpses. Yeah, but you know, when when people are prepared to take the ball under pressure. And people are moving off them, and then you know you you then need a little bit of luck, don't you? Then you know, we didn't we didn't have a lot of luck the other night, but mm. if we if we if we if we can go and get a couple of good players in, well then the players who were already in them positions have got an onus to step up and make themselves even better. Otherwise, they'll be off the team, and no one's got a god forsaken right to be playing for Liverpool Football Club just because they won the European Cup. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter yeah. whether you're Mane mm. or Salah. You know, Anderson's been absolutely outstanding. But, you know, yeah. people should be fighting for the places every week. And that's how you get a good team. Yeah. yeah, mm. And, and, and you, want, you want the players to, to feel that frustration and that, that almost anger, don't you? That I yeah. want to come off the bench and I, I want to carry on here. And I think it, it, it's a worry, isn't it, that if, if we had to pull out the team or win a deal because, because we're now skinned because of the virus, well... Where's our five-year plan gone? Because we should be able to be able to deflect away from a couple of games uh, where games where, 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 we're, where we're not putting bums on seats. Um, mm. Because pretty soon, you know, next season, somehow or other, and particularly with the you know this with, with the um, social distancing changing uh, from the fourth of July, what mm. that means is almost fifty percent of the ground can be filled now. Um, so th- surely they must be able to plan to say, okay, well, we, we've, we've got half the, the, um, the, the, the match day revenue. But actually, match day revenue doesn't, come, doesn't touch the sides of a, of a transfer deal anyway. No, so, no. So, so we, should be, we should be in a position as the, was it the fourth richest club in Europe, uh, or the world, is it, and the second in Europe. Um, we should be able to be in a position to, to buy whoever we want. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it comes down to that, he wasn't the one that we, we really need. Mm. And, and, and you're right, John, it, it's a Kubai or, or it's, 
it, it's a, it's another another superstar um, in in another format. Yeah. Just to keep the just to keep I mean, the we, edge on the players. We have been linked with uh, Triori from Wolves, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Another player. Yeah, yeah, you take him, yeah. Yeah. Um, it is an interesting one because Liverpool did, you know, in the last couple of seasons, or certainly last season, made a phenomenal amount of money, um, and then um, and and have been light um, on the transfer market since the big signings we made. So, whether or not this is this idea that because of the furloughing issue they're now paying all their money out to the Red Sox and Liverpool and they haven't got any money to do anything else, I just don't know what it is. But I think that. There is definitely an argument, to, and I think what John's come up with is perfect for it. You have to maintain. I think yeah. you have to maintain that, um, that the stranglehold, if you like that, that feeling of we're not going anywhere. And I, I'd like to think that the board would come up and, uh, because it, it's also a statement of intent for the future that they have in the club. Because if a if a board starts saying, "Well, we're not really going to invest on players unless we can sell them on." Then you'd have to say, well, are you are you comfortable sticking around here? Because do you understand what it means to win a league after thirty years and the first Premiership, and know that we're getting back to where we were? And do you want to stay with us? I think we'll probably know a bit more in about six or seven weeks' time, because you know, apart from Chelsea, everyone else is keeping the powder dry, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you know. I think everyone's, I think everyone's looking at what the what the TV deal, how that's going to pan out for next yeah. season, whether it's going to be. As you were, maybe a bit more, maybe a bit less, but I think you know that's where the majority of the funding comes from. You know, it is not really about bums on seats. It's it's all the sponsorship and all the yeah. the, the money that the TV rights. So that's where all the big money comes from. And I think a lot of the clubs are just waiting to see if it's going to be status quo with that, and then and then they'll go out and start saying, well, you know, you'd like to think that they have earmarked players that they could sign. You know that should still be an ongoing process. You know, I'm at the pro- I'm at the stage with with Accrington where, you know, I'm trying to look at players. You know, I'm not supposed to because I'm on furlough, but I'm trying to look at players. Um, but I can't make any moves until I know where we're going to be, of course. Where the, yeah. when the season's going to start, mm. when we can start paying them. And so, you know, Liverpool to to a lesser extent might be looking at what. Well, let's get the, the the finances right with the TV money, and then we'll go on from there. Yeah, and I suppose, I suppose, really, we're having a discussion um, technically in, in in March of the season, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. You know, but we haven't reached the point where where transfer fever starts, have we? In reality, yeah. But no, nobody, it, nobody knows, do they? It's a completely hypothetical uh, discussion, isn't it? In that respect, nobody really knows what's going to happen. And you know, um, looking at. Looking at South Korea and Germany, they've got other other spikes in certain areas, and there might be local lockdowns. You just don't know. So I think, yeah, you just have to just get on with this season and let's get this yeah, one yeah. one thing. Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. I think it is. We are. It is. It is. It's all uncertain times. One thing it's going to have to be managed in 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 a different way. I suppose in many respects, you know, since the Neymar transfer, football just went stupid, didn't it? And I think. I would welcome a little bit of sanity back to signing on fees, yeah. you know. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, totally transfers. Agree. You're talking now, you know, an average, an average player in the Premiership now. Yeah, they're going for forty million. Yeah, it's extraordinary. It's just, mm. it's making the, t- it's inflating the top end. It's, mo- it's like, it's like it, um, it's like it's, it's gone the opposite of the way it used to go. It's the bottom ones getting inflated that are making the big ones. 
Tim well, if he's worth forty million, absolutely. And what's the what's the direct knock on effect to clubs like yours, John? And, uh, and how much harder does that become? Does that just become ridiculous? Is it is it so far away that it doesn't really matter, or or does the knock on effect the ripple down making it harder for, for you guys as well? The, the ripple down should logically make it easier for us to recruit because there'll be a lot of players out of work. Yeah, clubs won't be holding as many players. Um, mm. I think there'll be a rush next year for Premiership clubs to put players out on loan more yeah. uh, and get them developed more so they can get them back into the side more. You know, I noticed Ryan Bruce has scored a brace on at the weekend. And um, I think they'll be pretty pleased with that move that he's had to um, to Swansea. But, yeah. you know, fr- from our point of view, there's going to be 1,400 players out of contact. 700 of them won't get another job in football. And, yeah. wow. you know, the way wow. the economic climate's going to go, 700 of them will be... Uh, you know, there's not even any jobs, other jobs to walk into, so it's yeah. going to be very mm-hmm. difficult for them. And I, I, the the thing I'm I'm anticipating more is that clubs will be more amenable to to letting players out. And you know, you were having loan managers trying to put penalties on you if you didn't play them, taking big chunks of the wages when they don't need it really. And I think that might settle down a bit more. I think there might be a bit more cooperation amongst yeah. clubs from the higher end to the lower end. Yeah, it's important. I mean, it's also important to look at other aspects of it. I mean, Mickey Mellon talking about having to let go of first team coaches and stuff. It's it's the knock on effect's been is 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 tragic, isn't it, for a lot of jobs and a lot of people in in, in football? Yeah, I mean, if you look at like Sunderland, you know, Sunderland in our league. I mean, they're sort of being a wage caption in League One and League Two. Now that'll be absolutely perfect for us because you know we we cap ourselves, we we live within our means, and we only spend what we've got, but. You know, it'd be difficult for a team like Sunderland to to have the same wage bill as us because they're not a mile bigger club than us. They're getting what fifteen times our gates every week. But there's got to be some kind of sense applied to football, otherwise clubs are going to go bust left, right, and centre. And you know, the likes of likes of Sunderland. Now, you know what? the furlough scheme has worked perfectly for us. It's it's done what it says on the tin for us. It's kept us afloat because you know we don't have massive wages, so we're probably pulling fifty thousand, sixty thousand a month on the furlough scheme and that'll pay half our wages so you know that that's making a big help to us now that 50,000 a month won't even touch the sides of Sunderland yeah. you know and so you know that's like putting a stick and plaster on a broken leg you know it's healing our cut but it's not doing anything for their broken leg and you know there, there is going to be a, a fear that big big clubs are going to go to the wall if there isn't a restructuring in finances anyway and a restructuring yeah. in the way football yeah. governed yeah, because absolutely. too many clubs are allowed to to speculate, and with no with no regulation, yeah. you know the the team is not paying players left, right, and centre on a weekly, monthly basis, um, and they're, they're not really getting punished enough. You know, I believe Sheffield Wednesday are going to get hit at some point with a points deduction, but these clubs know the rules before they go into it. You know, this the salary caps already in place that the teams don't adhere to, and unless football gets itself up. It's out and order itself and regulate itself. It's only going to go down the road of more misery. Yeah. yeah. John, think, John. When is the furlough last till? Is it October? Well, it, it starts to get watered down a bit, I think, at the end. Yeah. Either at the end of this month or the end of next month. And the end of July, I think, it becomes more. Yeah, it goes 60%. The employer, think, yeah, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Mm. You know, I mean, it, as our, at our stands now, you know, we've been able to pay all our plays. You know, we've been able to top up the furlough money. Uh, now, how long that can continue, I don't know. 
But yeah. it's different topping up, you know, from 30 grand to maybe 50 grand. It's a big difference topping up from 30 grand to a million, isn't it? Mm. And, and well, some like of these said, clubs, yeah, some, some of these clubs are paying them. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is a, it is a major. This thing has brought a major reboot in many facets of the world, hasn't it? And, and well, it could be a good thing, and it could be it could be a good thing in society as well. You yeah. know, you, you could take the positives out of it that yeah. you know people are seeing a lot more of the families, and yes. um, you know the the spending more time with with the people that matter to them most, and not yeah. spending as much time at work. And also, yeah, absolutely. I was speaking to a guy recently who said, I just take a laptop home now and he's going to go into his bosses and say, why don't I just have a laptop at home? Because you're yeah. absolutely right. I mean, there's little I think a lot of people doors. will do that, won't they? Yeah. I think they will do. I think, you know, you get, you get to see your kids grow up. I think you're right. I think, it's, I think it's one of these things where we all have to just find out what's happening. We're all on a bit of a, a steel, a rudderless ship at the moment, aren't we? And we're all just trying to find mm. our way through it. And uh, Well, right, we'll get to the end of this now. Well, let's just work out the fixtures. Uh, so Liverpool, again, just to give you that, I always, I always like to give you the next six for Liverpool. Hopefully it won't take that long anyway. Uh, it is uh, Palace at home Wednesday night, the 24th. Thursday, the 2nd of July, is Man City uh, away at the Etihad. Um, no flybys, please. Um, and uh, and then Sunday, the 5th, is uh, is Aston Villa at home, where you would imagine we're going to do, we're, we're going to bring it home. If not, it'll be Brighton away. Either way, it is uh, it is coming, lads. One last word from you all. Uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to, uh, cl- to clearing it all up, Peter. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we waited, you know, we've waited 30 years, haven't we? A few more, you know, a few months is no problem, isn't it? Just to add on, I think that if um, Klopp hadn't a campaign for the break, probably would have won it before the uh, <laughs> before the, the lockdown, wouldn't we? You know, Klopp out banners mad thinking about it. <laughs> What's that? And I said, I'm just putting the Klopp out Putin blames Klopp. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need that traffic on Twitter, kid. <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I think Chelsea will win us the league anyway. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Joe, yourself, how do you feel it's going to go? Yeah, I'm I'm the same. I I, I do think Chelsea's a big game for City. Off, I, I I think we'll win tomorrow. I, I think Thursday's a massive game for for City against Chelsea. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to get it done sooner rather than later. Uh, my nerves can't stand it otherwise. <laughs> John, what do you what do you feel? I think I, I actually think that we'll win it without playing. And uh, yeah. I, won't, I won't bother me, you know. I, I'm, I'm of the age, but I've seen Liverpool when we've been at the grounds waiting for them to the, to put in a vintage display, and I've seen us draw and win the league yeah, a couple yeah. of times yeah, at Anfield. Yeah. So, yeah. and it was a bit of a dab, dab squib. Listen, mm-hmm. as Peter said, we've waited that long. We're all still going to celebrate, absolutely. Um, you yeah. know, so bring it on whenever it is. Brilliant, lads. Thank you very, very much. Really appreciate your, your comments. Peter Newton, John Coleman and Joe Blot as well. Thank you very much, guys. Enjoy uh, the sunshine. Uh, we've got a heatwave coming up, fellas, so get the Albermuda shorts on. <laughs> <laughs> All the, the shorts. Isn't ready for that, yeah. <laughs> the world isn't ready for my legs either, let me tell you. Uh, thanks very much, guys. Listen, this has been a co-pro poetry in okay, thanks, Motion, thanks very much, guys. Really thanks appreciate John, it. Joe, yeah. Up thanks the reds, up the reds. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.